charities. Yeah. So that she could look like a so that she could look a good person on his dime. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The only fucking accurate one on there, the most accurate one on there was the uh the nine hundred K for entertainment. Like that was that I was like nine hundred K a fucking month what? for entertainment. I looked at that and I got sick in the stomach, like, dog, how am I living? <laughs> like <laughs> We're not living right now. <laughs> Like, fuck. 900 racks, man, yeah. to entertain yeah. yourself. 900k a month on entertainment? Are you Look. that fucking bored? <laughs> <laughs> Look. If she like, this right here is a story to take and let you know to let somebody like her know it's like look somebody will make you disappear for a fucking <laughs> for some fries in the middle my man's over here took you out for a quarter pounder <laughs> like, Travis like, Scott stop. <laughs> man. all I had to do was hit him up on Snapchat <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Drake can always send up Tory Lanez, you know, give him some water. <laughs> oh, yeah, he'll do it. He I'm sorry, I was drunk. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Shoot. This shit podcast. It is September 11. Unfortunately, for those who remember, it is 9 11 remembrance for America. Shout out to all of those families and those who lost ones and responders out there. But we are back with another episode of Shoot the Shit podcast. And I got to say, with me, as always, is my partner in crime, Mr. Two Beards. What's up, sir? Not another. Hey, everybody. How you doing? All right, and making this grand return, we have hopefully in chat if you made it, GNS. <laughs> yeah, I'm here, man. After some technical difficulties, I'm in here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And as those who are in chat can see by the splash page, we have our guest alumni to the show, Roku, back. What's up, Roku? Yeah, I'm that guy you can't get rid of. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go, I want to give a special shout out to Mr. Mega Diesel in chat, who once again has subscribed to the channel with an ongoing eight, excuse me, yeah, 18 months subscription. Thank you very much, sir, for the love, sir. And thank you very much for the support. I'm glad you're here. And man, oh man, folks. Are are you all ready for tonight's show? It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. It's definitely <laughs> going to be interesting. But we got a triumphant return from Mr. GNS, and I don't know if GNS has been listening to a lot of these shows lately. I know he's been partying and doing other stuff, but um, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but sir, you got monologue duty tonight. <sighs> I know. Yes. <laughs> I, I have, I have monologue, man. All and, right, uh, sir. I, I'm gonna shut up. Yeah. I'm gonna give you the floor. It's all <laughs> yours. Go ahead, sir. Uh, tonight's monologue will be about common sense and fire. So, uh, <laughs> as you may know, on the West Coast, uh, mainly California and Oregon, and now also here in Washington State, where I live. There's been mass uh, fire, wildfires just spreading everywhere. It's smoky. It's crazy. But 
I can't seem to understand how some people would think it's a great idea to take a match and light more fires to, to spread the love of fire and the smoke and the destruction of people's homes and property. Like that's the best thing that you can come up with in your mind to go out and grab a, whatever device you may use matches lighter, you know, or rubbing two dry blades of grass together at this point, as uh, Roku pointed out in an earlier conversation and starting a fire. Whoever's doing this, I just like to say, and I would like to take all of my uh, my usual fuck yous and, and, and spend it on this person or persons that's doing this. Fuck you, sir. Or fuck you, ma'am. I don't appreciate it, and I hate your guts. <laughs> please, please do not light fires when it's already wildfires going. Don't light fires when there's no fires going, unless you're in your fireplace or in a safe setting. Use common sense. Let's not make the world any worse than it, what it already is. <laughs> with all the mountains of things that we already have to deal with, let's not throw fire on top of it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And it's funny hey. that, you, that, that you start off with that because I've been watching shows with my wife lately, and we per, we went by Cartoon Network. That's usually one of the stations that the, the box when we turn the TV it starts on. And they had we we uh, we are bears. I think that's the name of it. Oh yeah. And they had they had the brown bear who was doing homage to Smokey the Bear back in the day. <laughs> Yo. Where is Smokey the Bear for these people? Like, wh what's this generation Smokey the Bear to tell them that for you shouldn't be doing forest fires? I don't get it. There's a lot of things they don't have anymore that they should have. Yeah. Yeah, after school specials would help a lot. Yeah, all our kids learn from learn from TikTok. That's where they get all their uh, their knowledge from. Yeah, unfortunately, I kind of feel bad for some of the jokes that I used to say. Now, I mean, like, well, they're all coming true. Well, 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 that and like at least with the, what's going on over in California right now, like you know, with with Avatar being the big thing right now, you know. This country used to take and be, you know, or at least people used to believe it was in peace until the Fire Nation attack, apparently. So, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we are the Fire Nation, man. It's coming to pass. <laughs> and in chat, Mega says Smokey was deported by ice cutting the Canadian. <laughs> 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 oh, probably oh, true, sir. Probably true. Oh man, that was perfect. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Are y'all ready to get into this foolishness? I'm definitely in. All right, yep. all right. <laughs> let's let's swap over to our first topic, and these are the quick topics. Ones that we'll we'll probably go through pretty quickly. These aren't ones that we won't go into you know full discussions for, but. Um, here on Deadline, as we're showing, it's being reported that Doogie Howser, uh, as a female lead, has been a uh, female lead reboot, has been picked up by Disney+. Plus. This is coming from uh, Cor alumni <coughs> Courtney Kang. Uh, she stated that she's uh, that is, the show will be written by Kang and set in modern-day Hawaii. Doogie uh, Kama Aloha, MD, follows Lahila. Doogie Kama Aloha. Kama Aloha, sorry, <laughs> Hawaiian names, a mixed uh, race 16 year old girl juggling a uh, budding medical career 
and life as a teenager, guiding Lahila, and also complicating things is her family, including her Spitfire Irish mother, who's also her supervisor at the hospital, her Hawaiian local boy father, struggling to accept that his daughter is no longer his little girl. Um, of course, this is looking at a reboot of Doogie Howser from a show way back, probably our time frame, about the young prodigy, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which of course starred Neil Patrick Harris, which is as picture here, young Neil Patrick Harris. You know that made him a household name. So I'm going to start off, believe it or not, with you, Roku. First, how do you feel about a reboot <clears throat> of Doogie Howser? Honestly, when it comes down to most reboots in general, for me, I am not the biggest fan of them, um, <clears throat> mainly because it's it just shows a general of lack of creativity when you're directly taking somebody else's idea, just going, hey, we're just going to gender flip this, <clears throat> at, at least in this situation, just we're just going to gender flip it instead of just outright, we're just going to remake it and act like the previous one didn't exist. Um <clears throat> You know, honestly, just by the way that it's it's sounding, it's looking like that whole Star Wars Ray thing all over for me, where they're just like, "Hey, let's just you know, do whatever." Let's let's. <laughs> and I I understand that the creators of the original Doogie Howser have given their blessing to this, but it's you know I I I, I just can't. Now I, I will say though, I do respect the creator for the idea of using a character that reflects her experiences, AKA a uh, mixed race, um, in this case, Irish and Hawaiian main character. I do respect that completely. Um, it's just the fact that it's blatantly just like, well, we're making a, a reboot of Doogie Howser. Like they could have done it and not said that and nobody would have known. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. I want to go off with you two beers next. Uh, your thoughts on uh, Doogie uh, Kamala Oloha. I actually have no idea how I feel about this. Um, like I was, a, I actually was a fan of the original Doogie Howser, so I'm I'm probably gonna watch the first episode of this just to see if I like it or not. But other than that, it's one of those things like um uh, like who is this like one of those who is this for like uh like I guess I guess throwing the Doogie Howser name on top of it is to get people like me to actually check it out to see what it's like. But other than that, it would have been interesting if they just made it a completely original series on its own. But I, other than that, I, I, I also don't think ABC's track record with, uh, with, with these type of things are well. I'm just going to put it under as being Disney. I don't think their track record with these type of things always come out that um, too good. But other than that, um, I, I really don't have much to say. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, real quick, there's two things real quick. Um, in terms of ABC, I think their track record and TV shows have been pretty good. We've had Blackish, which has been going on a long time. We had Modern Family, which has been going on a long time. And both of those, yes, are, I, I know are original. We have Fresh Off the Boat, which was going for a long time, but it felt like they wanted to end it because a lot of the stars just didn't want to be mainly and the mom. They want to be attached to yeah. it. So, Ooh, so, I mean, that was crazy how she went off on that. <laughs> yeah, so I think the track records for at least ABC TV shows or family shows are, are pretty good. But real quickly, um, so that we could bring it out into in terms of the conversation which is happening in chat, uh, for you, Roku, so you could just verbally say it. Um, Mega in chat stated that he wanted to know, do you feel the same way about comic books? So many complaints regarding changing of race and gender. And, excuse me, comic <laughs> characters. And before I go to you, uh, Gene, I just want to let Roku, you know, address uh, chat with, with the answer in that question. 
So um, the, what I typed in the chat for, uh, for Mega was that it depends on how it's done. Um, using the easiest example right now, which would be the Peter Parker to Miles Morales in the Ultimate Spider-Man universe for Marvel Comics. The honored Peter, you saw the literal transition from Peter to Miles. Now, granted, but I'll, they brought Peter back into the picture, which was actually pretty cool. But that direct transition where you can see they, they went from one to the other passing the mantle, it's not really a reboot. You're just continuing the story and transitioning to another character. That's it's considerably different in this in, in that nature than it is in a situation like this where you're, you're practically just like or like um, the previous just didn't like you're just not even acknowledging the original. You're just at, you're just pretty much making your new series and just acting like the, the original never existed in the first place. Okay, okay. And just for, uh, before I go to Eugene, that's just for Mega. Keep in mind, too, uh, comic books is slightly different than TV shows, and the main reason is this. And most most of the time in comic books, most of the characters are built on mantles, <laughs> and usually they uh, just swap who's basically running the mantle as opposed to saying, yeah, we're going to redo Superman, and just which is different than the mantle, and just redoing yeah. the character entirely. So sometimes it, it's... It's a little hazy when you come to it, but uh, GNS, your thoughts on uh, a remake of Doogie Howser? Um, I think that, uh, well, first I should say this, full disclosure, you know, I've been told recently in the last month or so that uh, I'm a purveyor of mainstream uh, media and uh, I don't have the, <laughs> I don't have the mental uh, um, computation oh, wow. to, uh, <laughs> to uh, understand the nuances and different uh, forms of storytelling. Uh, pretty what? much anything that's... Oh, yeah. We, we, uh, it, it happened, a, a quick question. It, it, is this coming from one of our guests? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, yes. that's all you have to say. Continue. Okay. I know who it was. We'll keep going. <laughs> so so, so when, when I say this, you know, uh, keep that in mind. Uh, <laughs> I think it would be cool to... Um, have a new take on Doogie Hauser for the simple fact of it um, reaching a younger generation. Because sometimes when you try to show like a younger generation something that came from our day, it doesn't necessarily click with them. So if they can, you know, reformat it in a certain type of way, it might actually work. I can see my nieces and nephews and stuff digging into this. Not so much my kids that are a little bit older, but definitely preteen teenage years i think it might uh strike a chord with them especially with it being a uh, mixed race character a different type of setting instead of the stuffy suburban area that was in the first uh series I, I think it might work um but that being said uh there i don't know how their uh party of five reboot did um i'm not sure on that so i don't know if that's a good you know a good speaking point on that but that that's that's how i view it so far well i never I, even I, heard of the party of five so it can't be that good go ahead Roku. i was gonna say can I, um just to, to give a better example of what i was saying is like if you look at boy meets world and how they yeah. reintroduced that with girl meets world that was that's that's one of those things where i loved how they the, the idea that they had there where they brought the idea back, but you could see the transition into it. So they took the idea and transitioned right into it rather than 
and it, it acknowledged the previous series to do so. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I'm saying like if they had done something like that, and if they do something like that in some way, shape, or form, I take back everything I just said. But if they don't, then my I, I stand by my point. I'm a fan of the whole passing of the mantle thing as well. Like I, right off the bat, I, I thought they should have did the uh, when they when they rebooted the Ghostbusters. I thought they should have it should have went like that that the old team passed it on to the new team. Uh, but yeah, I I feel you on that. I always feel that that's always the good way to go. Like you honor your uh, you honor the original um, fans who uh, who made the who made it what it what it was. And at the same time, it's an easy transition for them to get to like the new characters as you're bringing in new people uh, in to check it out. Exactly. Okay, dope. So, my thoughts on it is, I don't mind Doogie House. When it comes to reboots for TV shows, it's like a mixed bag for me. Uh, when I look at, say, like Doogie House, right? It's, it's a beloved show, but it's something that most people, at least now, wouldn't even know what Doogie Hauser is. <laughs> Most people don't even know. So, <laughs> rebooting the series, giving it, you know, whatever spin you want to do with it, um, I'm okay with, as long as the writing's good and everything is good, you know, I'm okay with it. Uh, when you when you reboot something, like, that hasn't been, you know, off the air for a while, like, then that's when I start to question things. But a lot of times, you know... You, you get slapped in the face, like DuckTales, right? I'm like, why are you rebooting DuckTales now? But the newer take on DuckTales is a lot better, at least I think, on a lot of the episodes that I've seen than a lot of the goofy stuff I saw in the new stuff. So, oh, yeah, that DuckTales is... Uh, that's that's uh, primo right there. Yeah, so, I, I mean, we, we I've seen good reboots and I've seen bad reboots, right? So I, I'll, I'll wait to see. It's a, ABC Family. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be really, uh, pretty good as long as, you know, they put the... Uh, as long as she has, you know, a set of good writers and so forth, I think it should be good. Any other stories before we move on to the next? That, that RoboCop prequel, though, with no RoboCop. Yeah, we, we're not talking about that. <laughs> no, we're, not, we're not, we're not. Wouldn't about it just be cop? <laughs> no, it should be criminal. It should be called criminal. Uh, I'm saying, you guys got to admit, the last uh, remake was really good. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> okay. I know Mega loved it. I think that it was fine. I don't, I still like the, I like the serious tone of the remake, but part of me looked at it and said, why was it called RoboCop? Yeah. That's, that's my number one issue with it. It's like, it's like you, you could have made that movie and not called it RoboCop. <laughs> but then, but, then but, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a hit the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the problem. You, you, you should be able to make a movie that doesn't need its title. To carry it right, that's the only dark yeah. humor, and they would have been fine. Yeah, <laughs> I I won't buy that for a dollar. And <laughs> <laughs> chat, Mega Diesel says, "Oh hell yes, GNS." And to me, he says that hate. Well, we saw in the movie theaters together, Mega. So it's not really hate. Um, <laughs> real quick, we'll we'll go with the next one. I don't think there's too much to be said on this one, but um, Black Blackish gets the second spinoff. Oldish, starring Lawrence Fishburne and uh, Jennifer Lewis, for those who don't know. That's the main uh, character's parents, Andre's parents. Uh, it's the show's right now in development at ABC. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's going to most likely get picked up. So I will start off with Eugene. That's what's your thoughts on Oldish. Okay. 
I got a few thoughts, but they're going to be kind of fast. First thing, are all the other shows still running? Like, uh, I know Blackish is still running. Yep. Then, uh, Grown-ish. The spinoff, Grown-ish. Is I that still that's running? still running, and I don't okay. know if the one on Rainbow is still running. I've okay. mixed this. I think that is. I'm not sure. It got three seasons, I think, but I'm not sure if it's still, if it got a fourth. Okay. All right. So with all of that being said, I hope this is the last <laughs> spinoff <laughs> because it's a it's a <laughs> lot to keep track of, you know, as far as, a, you know, I don't know how many seasons of Blackish it is. And then, you know, if you're pretty much caught up with that, then you have all these other shows to catch up with. But at the same time, they all hit a different demographic. So I think that's pretty smart. So I think I think this will do well. But, you know, it's just I just want to see a pilot. I'm pretty sure it's going to be funny. Jennifer, Jennifer Lewis on her own can, you know, carry a show. So and we all know Lawrence Fishburne has the chop. So it, sh- it should be fine. But no more no more ish spinoffs after this one. <laughs> I was incorrect. I said the third one. I apologize. This is the fifth one. So we have um so we have black it well when I say fifth one, wait, wait, we got we got uh mixed dish, we got um oldish, we got as we said grownish, and we got black as fuck, which is just a recreation of uh blackish on Netflix. So uh, <laughs> so great in the same show. Yeah, that that one, yeah, we won't go talk about that one. Uh go ahead, Roku, your thoughts on uh oldish. Um, so as far as oldish goes, I was a I was a bit less critical and uh, to be honest, uh, I I just I'll say a little bit more optimistic overall than I was about um, the idea of the Doogie Kamealua. Look, I'm trying to not say Kamehameha right now. Okay? <laughs> so, Doogie Kamealua uh, ser- idea, series idea, especially when you take consideration that for all intent and purposes, uh, the creator, I believe her name is King- Kenya Barris, um, is still managing to maintain some creative control over this um, by writing for it. Now, granted, that doesn't mean much because, you know, I'm looking at Sony right now with the boondocks and how they did Aaron Magruder, but you know, um, it, it's, it, it at least means that there will be at least f- for the first season, a nice bit of creator control when it comes down to it. Um, and overall, it just adds a lot more of that feel that, how can I put it? The old Cosby show used to have with a different world that crossover oh, appeal. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. everything that they're doing with the with blackish, um, grownish stuff like that, and, and now this, it very much has it very much is setting itself up to be able to have that that cross appeal to and just the spin off just stories that you can just do and just kind of like kind of tie directly back into each series and just make it more interesting. So it, it, it's setting itself up for a lot of possibilities depending on how it's done. Hmm. All right, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. To finish your thoughts, pretty much just mirrors what everybody else is saying. the the act, The actors are pretty talented. They've uh, they've basically struck gold on most of their shows. But like GNS says, uh, I think that you can only hit the same well so many times. So we'll see. It'll probably be good, just like the other ones are, and and we'll probably get uh, eight more spinoffs. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all I had to say on it. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I, I, I think uh, when I talk about Blackish, I always say it's like one of the greatest shows that people won't w- never watch. 
that's usually my comments to it. I think it's one of those shows where um, a lot of times what you what happens is that you get people who it'll come up on Nick of Night or something, and the people will be like, "Oh man, that show was so good." And you're like, yeah, you should have supported what it was still on the air. <laughs> um, in terms of its spinoffs, Grownish, it wasn't bad. I, it just wasn't for me. Um, Mixedish, I, I know my wife watches that one. It, and I know it's set like in the 80s. It's just something. A lot of the spinoffs I'm not too much of a fan of um, for. But um, I think a lot of it has to do with a lot of the casts that are in it. Where Blackish, the cast I think they got in Blackish is like perfect. And seeing how oldish is going to be pretty much two of my favorite characters, Pops and, and Ruby. Um, I'm going to love to see that. But I'm curious to see because those two characters play well off of each other, but they play well off the rest of the cast in Blackish. When it's just them, I know they have the acting chops, but they're, a lot of their characters and a lot of their jokes. Is so much played like Ruby's hatred of uh, of Rainbow, you know, pops with his son. You know, it's a lot of it's based off of the main characters, and without them being there, I'm curious to see from a writing perspective if the comedy will still be good enough, you know, to carry those shows. But I'm happy for it. You know, I'm 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 I'm, I'm never you know frown down, give a frown, you know, to you know more black shows, right? Especially ones with you know positive Same. outlooks. And ones that, you know, define the normal stereotypes that, you know, TV and media usually tries to portray, right? And that's the one thing I do love about, you know, the series Blackish. It's still, you know, it's it's it shows us in a different light, right? It's still it still talks about our issues without having to have, you know, the kid in the ghetto selling drugs on the corner, right? Is <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I, I appreciate those things. Anything else uh, for uh, blackish or oldish? I will say I also like the premise of uh, having a, um, a a couple who have been um, apart for so many years actually trying to uh, reconcile and get back together as the uh, the main plot point. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to be pretty interesting to look at as yeah. well. Yep, it was the um, it was the uh, season finale for the last season. So yeah, it's good to see. All right, the last one is definitely an update that uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, that we've talked about. This is part three of the Tory Lanes versus Meg the Stallion. Oh boy! Um, so Tory Lanes comes out and uh, basically, um, let me just read it right now from uh, TMZ. TMZ has seen a text that Megan got on the evening of Ju- uh, July twelfth, roughly fifteen hours after she claims Tory shot her in the feet. And in it, he's he's begging for forgiveness. He wrote, "I know you probably never going to talk to me again, but I generally want to, I generally want you to know I'm sorry from the bottom of the heart." His only explanation for the violence is, "I was just too drunk." Uh, in the text, Tori never references the shooting or a gun, but he, but it is clear he did something. He regrets in his words. Nonetheless, shit should have never happened, and I can't change what I did. I just felt horrible. He repeats, because I generally just got too drunk. So, with this, I'm going to start off with you, GNS. Because <laughs> I know, sir, you're, 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 you're top of this story. Go ahead, sir. What are your thoughts on um, Tory Lane's I Was Drunk? You know what? And a lot of people are going to be mad at me for saying this. But I'm going to compare Tory Lane's 
to the young man that shot and killed the two pro- two protesters and wounded the other man. I put them in the same category. You know what the hell you were doing. You know exactly what you set out to do. The moment you pick up that gun, you know you're about to do something. Who in their right mind would shoot <laughs> Meg the Stallion? How could you shoot her? That literally makes no sense. Sir? No sense sir, at all. Sir, he wasn't in his right mind. He was too drunk. Continue. He was too drunk. <laughs> not, not, not high on crack, heroin, meth, or any of the other drugs that can make you go crazy. He was just too drunk and shot homegirl in the feet. I don't understand it. And I would never understand it. But I do hope charges get filed some kind of way and that his career falls all the way off. That's that that's my hope and wish with all of this. Preach <laughs> to Roka your thoughts. <laughs> you really want me to you really want me to talk? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah, you've never been on for this. So yeah, this will be your first time here for us hearing your comments. So go ahead. So Touching all the way back to when this thing first popped off. And this is just me being real right now. I I don't care. Expect, like, well, no, let me take that. I, I, that's not exactly what I want to say. What I want to say is, is that right now, looking at all of the crap that blew up over this thing, talking about black men ain't shit because of the actions of Tory Lanez and Meg The Stallion. Two rich assholes, and I put rich yep. in quotes. <laughs> like, okay. One attempt, one of which was obviously attempting to take into a Mars landing because of how out of it he was. And the other who is literally pimping herself at the cost of her people and her culture. I'm really trying hard to care here. And honestly, the only bit of care I have is because Meg the Stallion does not deserve that because foundational black American women in and of itself have to do with, have to deal with so much stuff right now in general. Yep. Yeah. That that's one, that's one more thing that they don't need. That's one more thing that they do not need. Like literally right before this podcast, I saw a report of a 20 year old that was shot and killed in Philadelphia, you know, like about, about a week ago. I never saw the story, but I saw that. I'm just like, wow, like this is just one more thing that I'm like, you know, look do foundational black american men need to get ourselves together sure but we ain't claiming tory lanes whenever tory lanes is doing good <laughs> whenever tory lanes is doing good he's canadian when he's dropping hits he's from the islands well guess what y'all can keep him you know we don't want your trash we got enough our own. <laughs> so if he's from Can- if he's from Can- if he's Canadian, he's from Canada. He's from the islands. Well, guess what? He can hold his own nuts, and he can stay right out there on those islands or in Canada. Oh, the <laughs> mega diesel in chat says, "Damn, Roku." <laughs> oh man, two beers, your thoughts. <laughs> um, you already know how I feel. He- throw him in the trash. <laughs> put him in. Put him in rice. He's done. <laughs> like, <laughs> this man had like 
like a uh, like four teeth chances like i um like he he gets so many like uh chances and he just keeps screwing up and it's like um to say something along the lines of i'm sorry i did it i was uh i'm uh i was too drunk i dog i don't know what type of drunk you are that causes you to pick up a gun and, and shoot somebody because you're having an argument or because the person is trying to get out and leave i've never heard such like um if alcohol makes you do that <laughs> then uh like uh, you should never touch any alcohol again but short and sweet throw them in the trash i'm just going to mirror <laughs> your, your sentiments and say yeah fuck them um that's, that's just, you know it, I, you know it, it just goes to show you know what popularity and money does right it allows you oh, to yeah. get away with so much shit man and oh no man his and t- I mean, I know you don't want to take ownership because you're going to prison, but motherfucker, if you did it, you know, fess up to that shit, man. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I got more respect for Megan Stallion just on the sheer fact that she tried to cover for him. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, she did. Just because she didn't want it, just because of the, the possibility of any, everything that could have gone wrong. That little bit there, Gabe, did she just earned a slight bit of respect for me on that one. Just because of like, damn, you, you cared enough about the end result that even though this asshole probably deserved whatever he might have got on this one, you still try to keep him safe. And I'm like, you know what? Respect on that. And she still would have stayed quiet if his dumb ass didn't have his people like going around yep. trying to uh, make up stories, trying to play um, damage control. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yo, she gave you an out. Shut the, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's yep. not that hard. I guess he was too drunk on that one too. <laughs> Throw his ass in rice. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, shit. Okay. All oh, right. Oh man. So let's let's go to the next topic, and uh, this one is coming to us from Vulture, and this is um this is our first uh, I guess topic one where we'll do a little bit of a deep dive. And that is uh, Warner Bros. respond to Ray Fisher's allegations of abusive Justice League set with investigation. This isn't new. We uh, reported this about, you know, a few episodes ago uh, with uh, Ray Fisher saying basically that, you know, working on Justice League once Josh Whedon came in was just a nightmare. Uh, he started about how horrible um, basically he was bullied and treated and it wasn't just Josh Whedon, it was Jeff Johns, and so forth, other people. So evidently they went, so Warner Bros. stated they would do an investigation. It got back to him. So let's read back uh, what the investigation says. And it comes from both uh, Ray Fisher, his thoughts, and then of course, uh, what Warner Brothers stated. So here we see a uh, letter from Ray Fisher and it states, after five weeks of interviews with various cast and crews, Warner Media has officially launched an independent third-party investigation to get to the heart of the toxic and abusive work environment created uh, during Justice League reshoots. This is a massive step forward. Um, so you understand how deep it goes. After speaking out about Justice League, I received a phone call from the president of DC Films, wherein he attempted to throw Josh Whedon and John Berg under the bus in hopes that I would relent on Jeff Johns. I will not. A is greater than E. Um, and then all after all of this, uh, Warner Bros. went in to respond to say, <clears throat> in July, Ray Fisher's uh, representatives asked DC Films President Walter Hamada 
to talk to Fisher about his concerns during the production of Justice League. The two had previously spoken when Mr. Hamada asked him to reprise his role as Cyborg in Warner Brothers' upcoming Flash movie together with another member of the Justice League. In July, the conversation, Mr. Fisher recounted disagreements he had with the film's creative team regarding his portrayal of Cyborg and complained that his suggested script revisions were not adopted. Mr. Hamada explained that creative differences is a normal part of the production process and that a film's writer-director ultimately has to be in charge of these matters. Notably, Mr. Hamada also told Mr. Fisher that he would elevate his concerns to Warner Media so they could conduct an investigation. At no time did Mr. Hamada ever throw anyone under the bus as Mr. Fisher has falsely claimed or rendered any judgment about the Justice League production in which Mr. Hamada had no involvement since filming occurred before Mr. Hamada was elevated to his current position. Um, it then goes to say that while Mr. Fisher never alleged any actionable misconduct against him, Warner Media nonetheless initiated an investigation into the concerns he raised about the character's portrayal. Still not satisfied, Mr. Fisher insisted that Warner Media hire an independent third-party investigator. This investigator has attempted multiple times to meet with Mr. Fisher to discuss his concerns, but to date, Mr. Fisher has declined to speak to the investigator. Warner Brothers remains committed to accountability and all well-being of every cast and crew member on each of his productions. It also remains committed to investigating any specific incredible allegations of misconduct, which thus far Mr. Fisher has failed to produce. Um, and then later on, he goes in to say, thank you all for your support and seeing through Warner Bros. desperate and scattershot attempt to discredit me to continue protecting oh those gosh. in power. I met with investigator via Zoom on August 26th. Below is the email I sent to my team Saga FTRA immediately after. Hey crew, I just got off the line with the investigator. He had to end the interview early before going into detail. He's definitely been put on the case by Warner Brothers uh, Pictures, not Warner Media. His findings will will go directly and solely to Warner Brothers Pictures Legal. He also has another person on the line as a witness, which we weren't made aware of. I told him I need to have I needed to have a rep online as well securely and then we'll go into real quickly so we can see the rest of this of this uh, thing he tried to keep me on the line but i told him i would need to consult my team before proceeding can we jump on a call discussion soon best ray so as we can see this is a definitely a back and forth i don't know what the hell is happening i don't know how you can say <laughs> that you know he didn't do it and the man literally says he does and shows the email to the group that he, he got had. the receipt <laughs> yeah, he showed the receipts. So I'm going to start off with you two beards. What the fuck is happening in Warner Brothers, man? Uh, I freaking love this. <laughs> Ray is like, you're not going to offend my character. Like, um, there there will be no Boyega in this house. You're not going to push Cyborg to the back of the scene. So, but I love the, like, uh, I love the fact that uh, every time that a Warner Brother rep says that something, uh, every time uh, the Warner Brothers say, like, you know, he's not, he's not trying to, uh, like, basically trying to make it look like he's, um, he's either false, he's either making false accusations or he's not being uh, up for uh, upcoming and not trying to work with them. He's like, no, I got that right here, bam. No, I got that right here, bam. Oh, I got a, I got a embedded video. If you guys want to see that too, <laughs> like, Jeez. I love this. He, he's got his shit together. That's how you're supposed to be. So it's like uh, they're not going to do this whole 
we're going to rewrite the story and we're going to we're going to we're going to control the narrative and have you looking like some sort of like a diva the work for the bad guys like no i got all the stuff right here <laughs> so i love this i hope this doesn't i hope this doesn't uh, as big as uh, at&t is i hope this doesn't lead to him getting blackballed out in the industry but uh i love he has his um i love he has all his receipts together he's on his p's and q's and he's not going to let them uh control the narrative um and actually make him look like the bad guy in it awesome and uh and and we also know that um also seen it and it came out that uh jason momoa of course uh on his account as we see right here took a picture and he says i stand with ray fisher um on his instagram coming out to support of course ray fisher saying that accountability is is greater than entertainment which is what the a is greater than e stands for and of course he puts it as you know let's go borg life so mr Roku, what are your thoughts on um, Ray Fisher and basically his war with Warner Brothers? I mean, all I can say is, this, I mean, at first I was sitting there thinking that it's when I was looking first at, well, when I was first looking at it, that it was a whole lot of he said, she said type stuff. And it was very sloppy. <laughs> but uh, like, yeah, there were receipts showing that he, <laughs> said he did. And, He's not saying, but I think that there's no concrete evidence of what he's saying that they they did on the set. So I'm kind of like, well, what what, what happened? <laughs> so like, he's like, You're talking around me. Like, well, what happened? Did somebody did somebody Terry Crews you? Like, what what happened? <laughs> um, so, I mean, so basically, the allegations were basically uh, bullying. I guess you could say. Gotcha. Um, um, they, so I mean, once they swapped directors. I guess the whole mood and everything on the set changed, and that's 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 I guess the issues. Yeah, and he's basically trying to say that like Whedon and others like played down his acting ability, like uh, like it was some some frat boy shit, and like uh, I did kind of get a little bit of that from it, but it wasn't. I was it was it seemed like it was more than that. Like that's so uh, having that Jason Momoa, you know, backing him, kind of like okay, well at least there's somebody else that was apparently there to see this going on to go. Yeah, not cool. <laughs> so it, it, even if it didn't spell it out, it's kind of like, all right, well, you have at least one other person backing you up saying that something was going on. <clears throat> the, the thing is funny, though, is if you go back to the old uh, convention where he first, where Ray first said, um, he first um, said uh, Whedon was, um, was, uh, was good to work with, that he, uh, that like he, it wasn't a bad experience switching from uh, Snyder to him. Like mimosas, like leaned over looking at Ray. Like, you sure, bro? It is so much context in that picture now. <laughs> yeah, I need to go back and look at that. Yeah, go ahead, G. That's your thoughts. Um, I agree uh, with both uh, Roku and Two Beards. Uh, but what I'm worried about also is, for one, is he going to be able to? Uh, keep this role going forward. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he's not going to get his own. F- he's dead, yeah. homie. Nah, he's dead. Snyder <laughs> Universe is dead. Dead. <laughs> okay, okay. So with that being known, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's true. Will it affect him getting other roles after this? That that that's those are the main two things that I'm pondering. Probably. Like, he'll probably be labeled as difficult to work with. 
And then he had to do the indie route, <sighs> aka the Chitlin Circuit. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I just I just hope he pulls out of it okay as far as work wise and stuff. But uh, and then I also wonder what is it, what if there's any findings? What what's the end goal here? You know what I mean? Like I, I don't. I mean I understand what he's doing and what he's saying it, but what what do you want to have happen? Like the movie is over and done. The universe is probably over and done. You, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know you want to bring awareness to it, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, you know, what, well, what, well, what do you do? Well, right now, Whedon, even though he's not doing anything, he's still somewhat part of Warner Brothers. Who knows if the Batwoman or Batgirl movie will ever be made. And Jeff John still has a position, so... I think he kind of uh, wants them to be fired. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I mean, that's my that's my theory. I'm not saying that's what he said, but that's at least my theory. I'm guessing that's what what he probably wants out of it. But one more thing I wanted to add from the article. Now, um, if the video actually shows that the guy who contacted him, the, up, the high up on the food chain guy that contacted him, basically offered to throw Whedon and the other guy under the bus as long as he would uh, retract his statements about Johns, that's crazy. Like when you think about it, like no, that's, corporate, level... that's corporate, sir. <laughs> that is that is corporate. But I mean, it goes it goes basically to focus back on what Roku was saying. It's got to be something more than just he hurt my feelings by saying mean things. If the guy is like, "Yo, we will cut these two big names loose just as long as you keep Johns, uh, long, long as you retract Johns, we need him to to come out this looking uh, clean." So it's like that's um that's pretty crazy that they're willing to to chop two top guys like that if it was just like oh they were bullying they were bullying me and made me sm- feel small on set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, uh, well, well think about it. I mean right now it's a very touchy moment especially when you're when dealing with you know black people in the United States. So mm-hmm. yeah, you don't want to come off as anti-black especially yeah, yeah. as a studio. It is a, it is a, um, it is that type of climate right now. But we are still the lowest common den- denominator. So like, like even if you were like, um, uh, even if you were caught saying like uh, bad stuff about us, there's going to be a debate and like a whole long drawn out thing before you actually get axed or cut. If you even get that happen to you, like, um, mm-hmm. so like I don't, I don't, I, I don't even really can't think I can call recall how many people who aren't like low level nine to five people who got fired for racial slurs online. I can't really recall like big, huge up there execs and, and uh, stuff like that who get fired for their racial slurs being, um, yeah, being that's, ousted. That's a little different, right? You don't want to, you don't want your whole, your whole, Oh, Warner brothers is anti-black. You don't want that. Right. But yeah, that's people, the thing. I mean, people, like, one they'll, thing. They'll do the, uh, but what, they'll do the, the, uh, the whole studio. That's something different. Yeah. But I mean, they'll do the copy, they'll do the copy and paste. Our company does not tolerate um, <laughs> <laughs> these sort of shenanigans. We're um, we are an inclusive uh, environment. We believe in a diverse culture. Uh, such and such will be receiving uh, receiving training. They they and then he'll release his little like uh, I let everybody down. I promise I'm learning and I'm going to do better. Like that's that's what I always <laughs> that's, expect that's, when these sort of things the, happen. <laughs> that's the end result when you know when you get caught. They're trying not to get to that point. Hmm. That's the whole point. They're trying not to get to that point. They all want to send out that email. 
Yeah, this is some crazy stuff. Um, I don't know what the heck is happening with here. But I, I think Gina should brought up a good point. Because it was like, first it was like, okay, yeah, we're going to get a Cyborg movie. No, it's going to be Cyborg and a Flash Buddy Buddy movie. And now it's like, yeah, we're, we're just going to write Cyborg off. <laughs> I, <laughs> Cyborgs, I mean, don't get me wrong. Cyborg's a big character, right? We, we see him in different other mediums, right? So it's not like... The character. I don't know what's going to happen with this man. Gucci's going to go back to his home planet. What's that? He said Gucci's going to go back to his home planet, like in The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> I think he. Um, I think he said that Jeff even was would come and throw in his face like the cyborg from Doom Patrol, basically saying that's how a cyborg is supposed to be done. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Damn, dude. Oh god! <laughs> oh my god! That's nice. Well, it's man. it's weird because I'm curious as to which. That's one. That's as much as I don't care for a Snyder Cut. That's the one thing I wanted to see from the Snyder Cut, because like when you watch Cyborg in this movie, at least in this iteration, like he was the whole point was he's just like emotionless, right? He was just like, mm-hmm. yes, Dad, I understand. So if, was that the direction that they were pushing on him, or was that just poor acting? Because I always thought that was coming from none. That was the direction of what the character. Looks was like that's the direction they were pushing on him. Like yeah. um, we see tons of emotion in just the trailer for the, um, the 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 Snyder cut. So I guess we'll have to see um, how that comes off. Yeah, man. <sighs> Warner Brothers, man. Every week, man. Every freaking week mm-hmm. is something, man. With Warner Brothers. I'm sorry, Wonder Woman. You deserve to be released on time. Unfortunately, you're on a shitty oh ass fucking studio that doesn't Push know what the again. fuck they want to do. Yeah. yeah, it got delayed till uh, Christmas. And when Christmas comes, Wonder Woman is going to be delayed again. That's right. Oh, that man. is right. This shit is going to disappear. You know what? You guys bring up a good, a good, uh, a good point. Tenant, right? Mm-hmm. That movie has made thirty million bucks. Thirty million. I think, mm-hmm. as well, last time I checked, in the U.S. <laughs> Do mm-hmm. you think they would have made way more if they would have just released it on demand? Yeah, and put a $30 price tag on it, I think they would have. Yeah, but now everybody's right. going to bootleg the shit. Yeah, yeah pretty much that. Yes, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah, that's pretty much correct now. Everybody's just going to bootleg it, yeah. I don't get it, man. Uh, I don't get it. All right. I don't know, man. All right. So from Warner Brothers in DC, we move on to uh, Disney and not Marvel, but their unfortunate stepchild, <laughs> Star Wars. So mm. we've talked a lot about Star Wars, and it came out that uh, really basically was interviewed on Jimmy uh, Kimmel Live um, by, um, I can't think, the guy, Josh Gat. Thank you. Uh, Josh Gad and uh, basically uh, they asked her about Ray and she said uh, basically at the beginning there were there was a toying with an Obi-Wan connection there were uh, different versions then it really went to it was no one and then came to the episode 9 and JJ pitched me the film was like oh yeah Palpatine's granddaddy and then two weeks later he was like <laughs> oh yeah we're not sure so keep, so it kept changing so it was even as we were filming I wasn't sure what the answer was going to be. As they were filming, I wasn't sure what the answer was going to be. So we've talked many, many 
many times about the clusterfuck that is Star Wars. We talked about it before with Finn, about how he looked like he was supposed to be a main character. He got pushed to the side. Then you introduce another character that looks like it's going to be main character. Then she gets pushed to the side. So I come to you, Roku, and I ask you this. Now that that um, Star Wars is, looks like it's going to be in the hands of Kevin Feige, do you think we're going to get a better, more consistent Star Wars universe? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I'm going to say unapologetically yes. <laughs> um, I mean, it's gonna it's got to be better than the last version. I mean, the last version Disney just said like, look, let's just throw money at the let's throw money at it and see if it works. <laughs> well, matter not even see <laughs> money at it until it works. <laughs> like, like the hell with a story, you know. Characters that make sense, nah, no. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's side like all right. Look, it's slightly side topic, but it's coming right back to this. I remember years ago when The Force Awakens, I believe it was, the first uh, episode seven was being released. And I was joking around with somebody and said, in a, in a, in a jacked up Mickey Mouse impersonation, like as if he was talking to a designer saying, this Guardians of the Galaxy stuff isn't going to last. I need something that's going to sell. So get out of my office, get in that studio, and design me something that's going to sell, goddammit. <laughs> And the next thing you know, forks. So it's like I didn't realize how close to the head to the to the head, you know, that I hit that nail. <laughs> because looking at, looking at what they did with that, it's yeah, it's it's gonna be in way better hands moving forward. It it it, it can't get any worse. It just can't. Alright, before I go to YouTubers, I'm gonna go with this one real quick. I'm gonna take it and get my top my uh opinion on it. So I think what happened was as similar to what Roku said. Uh, Josh Whedon came in. Excuse me, not Josh Whedon. Oh my God! Thank God. Please. No, sorry, sorry, JJ. I, like, I did not even Christ. say Josh Whedon. God, because uh, <laughs> you know Ray would have been half naked if it was Josh Whedon. Anyway, JJ <laughs> Abrams, King of the Lens Flares, uh, came in and uh, he started it. And they were like, "Wow, this movie made so much money! Like it, it made Avengers money." Oh shit! What do we do now? And J.J. Abrams was like, "Well, I, I I got you started. You know, I'm here if you need me." And they were like, "Uh, yeah, dude, just make something." <laughs> what was it? What, Colin? What was the guy from Jurassic Park who did the second one? I forget his name. Um. Oh, it was uh Rain. Uh, was it Ryan? Ryan Johnson? Is it Ryan Johnson? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ryan, sorry, Ryan Johnson, yeah. Yeah, Jurassic Park was supposed to do the third one, I'm sorry. The guy from Jurassic World was supposed to do the third one, he didn't. But yeah, Ryan Johnson, yeah, Ryan Johnson came in, and he was like, I want to give you what everybody doesn't want. Because <laughs> you all cried about a, force, a Star Wars movie that was too much like the original. I'm going to give you something that's nothing like it. And everybody bitched. <laughs> and then JJ came in, and he was like, yeah, okay, well, let's let's just... Let's just end it. Let's just put it out of this misery. <laughs> and let's just bring back, you know, Palpatine. And let's gone, go. And everybody was like, okay, yeah. Thank God. And I think now Star Wars is just going to sit in the corner. Fight game, his team is going to come in, redirect it, and, and, and we're going to actually have 
actual planning, right? I, I think you could do Star Wars the way you want to do it, but I think the main problem we've already st- discussed it was you, you should have a plan as to where all your characters are going, right? Yeah. You should know where where Finn's supposed to mm-hmm. be, where Ray's supposed to be, where Snoke, who probably wasn't even supposed to die, is supposed to be <laughs> Poe po Dameron. You should understand where all the characters go, right? And even if you hand it to a different director to do the story, they have to say, okay, you could do what story you want to write under these subtexts, but this has to happen, right? Finn gets Jedi training or he doesn't. Ray gets this. You know, um, uh, Kylo Ren does this. Do whatever you want to lead up to it, but these things have to be done so that in the third movie, this is what's going to happen as they're in. These kind of things need to be put in place. They weren't. And unfortunately, we got what we got. It is what it is. That's the new Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> Nothing more I can say. GNS, go ahead. What's your thoughts? <laughs> I really don't have a whole lot because I haven't even uh, watched the last, uh, the last Star Wars. Is it Rise of Rise of Skywalker? Yep. Uh, it's it's just a mess, man. And and just think of all the people that are like diehard, like they live by the codes of the Jedi. You know, and they're just like enamored, you know, by this whole franchise. Just to know behind the scenes, <laughs> they're just like, oh yeah, we'll we'll do this. Oh, actually, no, we're gonna change this. And somebody's like foaming at the mouth to see how this franchise is gonna, or this phase of the franchise is gonna end. Just to have somebody just to toss it around like that, man. It's kind of like, it's kind of disrespectful to the fans, I think. Uh. But yes, it's just a big jarbled mess, and it's just it's just a it's just sad, man, to see that uh, a major franchise like that to just be kicked around. You know, I think I think more care has been put into the Fast uh, and Furious uh, franchise than it has. Damn, <laughs> Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious at least makes sense movie to movie. As outrageous as right. it is, at least all the characters are progressing. Right. That, that's exactly what I was going for. There you go. Oh, man. I was going to off of Michael B in the second one, but okay. Got it. <laughs> go ahead, Two Bears. Your thoughts? Oh, like, um, Feige you. And so forth. Good. You basically hit the nail on the head. Um, as far as Feige goes, uh, if he does have complete full control, because it just looks like um, he may have his own set of movies, but it looks like a. Kathleen Kennedy is still going to be the the main the main one behind everything, but mm-hmm. I uh, Feige is so meticulous about planning everything out ahead, so the same thing that happened with the uh, the previous saga won't be um, won't uh, won't happen under his um, won't happen under his uh, watch as long as he has complete control over the the move, set of movies that he's going to do. Uh, but yeah, like just like you said, you don't do a saga without actually planning the saga out. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Like you can't, you can't shoot this as as if it's an anthology series, and like um, and like everybody who comes in to to uh, to direct just does their own damn thing. You you got to have a roadmap of some sort. So it's um, like handling a franchise this big. They should have had all their ducks in a row. They should have actually had like if uh if they couldn't if they couldn't nail down a uh, director to shoot the whole the whole three movies uh at once then they should have actually they should have actually made sure that each director was consulted with each other and they actually had 
that each director was consulted with each other and they actually had um they actually uh each director was uh consulting with each other and they actually had um to to make sure that there was a main plot point that actually went all the way to the end so um like you know i hear about uh how the the whole uh her being um a kenobi would have been awesome it would have made a whole lot more sense uh for certain like little hints and stuff that they gave off in the uh first movie so i would have i think they should have stuck with that her parents being nobodies would have made sense as well they should have stuck with that because the whole the whole force awakens thing and the whole force basically throwing all of its power into her to to bring balance like that that would have made more sense like they got so hokey trying to to make everything make sense out of the first two movies not following each other it's uh it's a shame that they had to to go out that way so um yeah i'm looking forward to see what feige does and it, it really is a it really is a shame that um between the original series that started it all we have three horrible movies that are the prequels <laughs> and then we have um we have um a pretty good movie with force awakens um then we have ryan johnson movie that i actually enjoyed even though Ryan Johnson's movie said "fuck you" the J.J. Abrams movie, um, and then we have the uh, and then we have the the end where it's just like, all right, we fucked everything up. Let's just kill it all. <laughs> none, of these, none of these none of these actors are coming back again, so you're only going to see them in animated form. <laughs> we did it. Throw it in rice. <laughs> so like, uh... <laughs> oh man. Do, do you guys think that whatever they have planned next is going to be a whole new uh, sl uh, slot of characters, like, you know, brand new characters or characters from the canon that haven't been explored yet? Or is it going to be another retread of what we already got? I'm hoping it's something new. I'm, I said the same thing with Star Trek. We we need to get out of the the universe of what everybody knows and feel safe with, and we need to create a brand new world. It's, it's time to go either thousands of years in the future or a thousand years in the past, whichever one you want to do. But we need to go and start talking about, you know, all new people, no more Skywalkers and all this shit, you know. Yeah, I think, I think we will get something completely new or we will get like stuff that people have been asking for for ages, like the uh, taking it back to the uh, uh, people want to see that legendary uh, battle where all the Sith died that ended up. Uh, emerging the rule of two and stuff like that so we'll we'll see what they do i would love to see a movie from the sith point of view i would love it but we'll probably never get it <laughs> <laughs> just because you want it they won't do it <laughs> no it's because oh, disney doesn't know what they're doing no one anybody who has star wars doesn't know what they're doing hell even fucking george lucas didn't want to know what he was doing he was trying to fucking make Oh, we're going to do a whole story of midichlorians in your fucking body. The midichlorians was watching Anakin the whole time. I'm like, all right, dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to do. <laughs> they wanted to do what was that Chris Rock cartoon? Oh, <laughs> uh, the uh. Yeah, the one where he's a, a cell or whatever like that. Yeah, yeah that's what the fuck they wanted to do. Oh, they wanted to do that Osmosis with fucking Jones. Jones. They wanted to do that with fucking Star Wars. That was the next set of movies. As per no. jo George Lucas. Yeah, I'm, even he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And everybody's like, oh, we need to get the movies back to George. Man, fuck you. 
George don't need to have those movies anymore. He's he's out of touch. He's done. He's washed. Let's let's move on. <laughs> oh oh man. Um, one last thing on that before you the the whole thing with um you say George doesn't even know what he's doing. Some of people's favorite uh movies uh that that are as far as the Star Wars goes like um. The Empire Strikes Back and stuff like that, yeah. like those were those were mainly more of somebody else uh, than it than it was uh, Lucas. And when yeah. I look at stuff <laughs> like that, it reminds me of how like um, how much I loved Equilibrium. And then when the director did his own thing without the guy that helped him make Equilibrium so great, we got Ultraviolet. What? <laughs> I don't I don't know what that movie is. What's <laughs> Ultraviolet? Night terrors. You know what? If you oh, want, man. if you oh, want, I still have that on. Uh, no, no, I have it on you ain't Blu-ray. got nothing. You ain't got shit. Yeah, what is this ultraviolet movie? <laughs> I made that shit up. That movie don't exist. Thank you. <laughs> There's no such thing as a girl riding down the building, jumping into. Fu- oh God, I don't even want to get into how bad that is. But yeah, all right, let's 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 move on um, to our to our last topic, folks. Well, no, our our second to last topic. We have one more political topic, but hopefully that will go pretty quickly. So um, it has been revealed, not that Microsoft <laughs> wanted it to be revealed. But uh, the Xbox Series X and the debut of the Xbox Series S, something that me and Two Bears were talking about, has come out right now. It looks like the uh, Xbox Series S will be at two ninety nine, and the Xbox Series X will be at four ninety nine. Uh, both um, will be available on November tenth. You can start pre ordering both of them on September twenty second. Even now, believe it or not, and I don't know, there's two things I want to ask people for this because I'm very curious. Um, but right now, there's even, as you can see, a rumor that there's an Xbox Series V by Games Radio. Yes, there's an Xbox Series V. Uh, rumor there's an Xbox Series V code named Project Edinburgh is rumored to be less powerful than the Series X, but more powerful than the Series S. And I'm guessing this one is going to retail at $399. Um, it's supposed Jesus to be a digital, it's, as you can see, it's a digital only version of the uh, Xbox Series X. So with with a possibility of three Xbox Series um, systems out there, <laughs> I'm going to start off with the resident Xbox fanboy, Mr. Two Beers. Um, <laughs> one, what's your thoughts on the Series V? And, and two, how soon do you think we'll see pricing from Sony? And what do you think the pricing of the PlayStation 5 is going to be? Real quick on the Series V, I I call bullshit. I just call Photoshop and like uh, like there's no reason for that for for that platform for that one to exist. Like if if the Indenberg is a um is a mid console refresh, like after five years that they're going to have a more powerful system to compete with uh the refresh that that so that Sony's going to put out after five years, then that may be uh your Series V. But no, that that just that's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like the two consoles that they currently have uh, work out perfectly fine. Um, now, um, I think they picked two great price points. It's a it's a sweet chess move, especially having the uh, 
the smaller, cuter system that are that that's going to catch a lot of uh, people's eyes, and at the same time, its uh, its price point is very, very good, very good uh, price point to jump in on next uh, next generation gaming. Now, the rumor that was going around is that um, Sony was having such a hard time keeping the uh, the cooling call the price for their uh, their cooling system down that uh, the rumor was that the PlayStation was going to be six hundred for the uh, for the um the disc version and 500 for the uh for the um all digital version but they were saying that after seeing this now the price is going to be uh 500 for the regular version and 400 for the digital version which i also think are very very great prices so it's like uh so now it's like um both of their fat boys where you're whether it's series x or the the sony with the uh the disc in are 500 and then for a hundred dollars less, you get the full power of the PS5, just all digital. So it's like uh, for somebody like me that's coming in on the uh, lower, cheaper end of things, four hundred dollars is a wonderful price point. I don't really give a damn about having physical media anymore. I, I, I like having more space in my house now. So it's like um, like uh, for the four hundred if they if those prices are the correct prices, which I hope they are, four hundred is a great price from Sony. Good job, guys, especially since it's. The same power at a hundred dollars less, and and um, good good job, uh, Msoft with the uh, the three hundred uh, entry level system for people who like um, to show you that it was a good idea. A bunch of people who said they they're not touching Xbox at all. As soon as they saw that three hundred dollars system, they're like now they're considering it. So like um, I think good on both ends. But yeah, that 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 uh, that Series V eight it doesn't exist. All right, all right. Um, so, which so you said you're going to get the Model S? Yes, I'm. A, well, that's the problem. I really want the Model S because I really like how it looks and I like how small it is. But if I end up doing the um, if I if I don't do the all access program, I'm going to get the Model S. But if so, I do, it, if I do, it'll be stupid not to just pay ten extra dollars and get the Fat Boy. So, so well, good question for you. So. The um, Xbox Model S does not have all the same features as the Xbox yes. Series X, meaning that, that they won't do any of the Xbox X enhancements of games and so forth. You do that know is this, correct. right? Like, yeah, but that, okay. that's the thing. Like, um, that's the thing. Like, the Xbox Series X is like where I think <clears throat> gaming should be at anyway. Like, I uh, I feel that gaming should focus more on uh, focus on frames per second. Um, focus on HDR for more uh, vibrant uh, colors, and like, uh, and just knowing that this little box will do 2K, it would do up to 120 frames per second, and like, it actually has ray, it, it still has ray tracing, and even for as cheap as it is box wise, like that's all I basically need from uh, the system. I don't really, um, I'm not going to be the one with a magnifying glass up on the uh, the TV to make sure that all I right, can right, see right, I'm moving. Hey, you asked me. You're, you're done. Asked you're, done. Me. you're done. You're done. We're done. We're moving past you. Shut up. Shut up. Go ahead, Jesus. You wanted a price, sir. That was the thing you were screaming about in the last show. You finally got a price, at least for one of the systems. Uh, which one are you buying? What's your guess on when the PlayStation uh, 5 prices will come out? And what do you, how much do you think they'll be? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Series X, um, for the simple fact that I've been riding with this uh, Xbox One S for as long as I have, and I'm like, you know what? 
you know, I'm going to just go ahead and spring and get the better uh, of the two. Um, as far as PlayStation, and I'll, I'm also really happy and thankful that I have some information now instead of being in the dark, you know, like a orphan child. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm happy about that. But um, as far as PlayStation, I agree with two beards. I think they're going to come in at um, uh, five ninety nine for the disc and uh, four ninety nine. Oh no, no, I said that wrong. Five hundred for the disc version and uh, four hundred for the discless version. Um, I think that we'll get the price next week because uh, I heard there's a, a mysterious video that's supposed to go up or something like that. Mm -hmm. I read uh, not too long. Um, me personally, and this is going to sound like a shock. I'm actually going to wait until next year sometime to get a PS5 for the simple fact that there's not a whole whole lot of uh, exclusives. Uh, you know, as much as people bash Xbox for not having exclusives, like I can wait on Ratchet and Clank and uh, Miles Morales, you know, until like next spring or something like that, you know, until we get some more idea of what's coming down the pipeline that's actually going to be released next year. I can, I can hold off and wait and yeah, so that that that's that's my take on it. Awesome, and now we go to the resident Sony fan, Mr. Roku. <laughs> Mr. Roku, um, if you are ever interested in buying an Xbox, which version of the two would you get, and when do you think uh, Sony will drop its prices, and what do you think the prices will be? Um, kind of like if I was to get an Xbox, um, it would definitely be the Series X. Like if I'm gonna get it, I might as well get the one. You know, um, so I would go for the four ninety nine, you know, big boy. If I was gonna go, if I was gonna grab one, um, as of right now, it's not that I'm against Xbox. It's just that right now, everything is on Sony. So it's like I'm gonna stick with that for right now. <laughs> but um, as far as PlayStation, um, I would expect them to pretty much. You know what? I'm gonna take and say their price for the PS five, the disc version, will be four ninety eight. I would say about I'm, I'm going to take and mirror uh, GNS and, and two beards on this one and take and say about four ninety nine and uh, three ninety nine, and I would and I was I was going to assume that after seeing this um, that it would have been within the next two weeks for sure for Sony to drop their their price information because at this point they have nothing they have no reason not to like the competition's right. already given up their information so it's it, there's really no i mean hell they could probably drop it tomorrow it's it's really <laughs> nothing stopping them at this point i mean they were holding they, if it was a battle of attrition they were literally just holding out for this moment and there you go now we can fire our shot yeah so that's um so I, I, as of right now, if I was to get a PlayStation, on the other hand, it'd probably be the $500 version. Um, not necessarily because I care about disc media anymore, but that option is useful from time to time. Okay. And um, for me, it's simple. Um, I think if I was going to get which version I would get, it would be the uh, PC. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm curious, curious, curious. Um, no, if I if I was going to get a version, it definitely would be the Xbox Series X. You know, I'm going to go with as 
I mean, I'm going to go with the high model, right? I have an Xbox One X. Um, it made sense to get the Xbox. Series. Hell, I wasn't even going to get the Xbox One X. Well, they were practically like giving it away for like a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars <laughs> with trade-ins. So I was like, all right, I might as well do it. I think I got two of them for the price of one. So Damn, uh, oh, wow. yeah, so wow. yeah, that's what we wound up me getting them one for me, one for my wife, and she doesn't. They didn't even call it that when they gave it to right? It just says something collects dust. What's that? They didn't even say call it that when you got it right. They was like, here, have some Game Pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it, I'm, I'm, I like that. I think with the PlayStation, I don't know, right? So when I think about PlayStation and pricing, and I remember Two Bears said that each system was probably roughly costing about $450, I think, for each. Um, they went at $400, right? on the top model they're losing $50 and I'm not sure how much they're saving by removing the disc um, for them to be able to go down to like $350 for the discless version or not but um, I part of me really thinks that this system is, is going to come out higher than the um, than the Xbox I, I honestly think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be $550 hmm. I was thinking of it at first too yeah, like and- um the the head Sony guy he kept he kept uh pushing the word saying the words value whenever the pricing yeah. of the system uh, brought up and we know that corporate talk yeah. <laughs> so like um, that's what I was True. thinking but I think the PS3 is still fresh in their minds so I don't think, uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope so I hope so I hope so I mean it's 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 a possibility after seeing this that they may just go with four ninety nine and just have the discless version and not even release their full disc one that would be crazy. I mean, it, it makes kind of not though. Kind of not though, because like when micro let's put this when Microsoft wanted to do it, it was too soon. Nowadays, more and more people are just streaming stuff or just downloading stuff anyway. So now would have yeah. been the time to do it. So I, yeah. it's not out of the question though. Yeah, true, true. And yeah, because like the last time you think about it, when they went with the digital only, the last time I heard them was probably the PSP. Uh, v- the Vita or whatever the the next incarnation that was digital only instead of having their UMD proprietary disc mm-hmm. that was the last time but that was at an age where people weren't ready to move over to you know digital now I mm-hmm. don't know if it's going to really hurt them as much um, the thing about the PlayStation I keep telling people is like you got to look at that hard drive man I don't think I don't think you're getting a full you know one terabyte hard drive the hard no, drive it's going to be like eight. It's going to be like yeah, eight something. It's eight something now. And then once you get done all the processing and whatever you have to put away, because keep in mind too, Roku, part of that hard drive has to be used for gaming caching, right? Mm-hmm. So out of it, you're probably only going to get 500 terabyte. I mean, 500 gigabytes out of it. Mm-hmm. So you're already getting a system <laughs> at the same price as an Xbox that quote unquote from a, power standpoint at least from what they say it's supposed to be inferior you have lower you have lower hard drive and the hard drives that you put in isn't proprietary but it's going to cost you a lot of money because they're brand new and that software is not even it's not even normalized yet so you're going to be paying top dollar to get just a, a if they even have a one terabyte ssd for that you know special type of ssd so it's it's, it's going to be interesting. I think if Sony has to, if Sony could bite the bullet 
in terms of losing money, and we discussed it that Sony was having money issues a couple of years ago, and the PlayStation division is what really got them out of the hole. If they can bite the bullet and sell at a cost, then yes, we may see a similar. We may see something where three ninety nine for the disc list, four ninety nine for the one with the disc. But I, 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 I honestly don't think they're going to. I think it's going to be high. I think they're going to go high. And I think that price is going to probably drop next week. I was thinking they would leave it for Tokyo Game Show, but I don't think they could wait that long, especially with um, Tokyo Game Show being at the end of the month and Microsoft now starting pre-orders to 22nd. I don't think they could wait that long. No, no, they can't. They got they got to open up the pricing and they got to open up pre-orders quickly because they got to jump on it to get it before uh, Microsoft people. I think Microsoft did a good job, man, with the Series S. I think that's at a price point that people really can't deny. Yeah. And the way that they set these uh, videos up to, to show it off and then had they had Jason Ronaldo come out and basically talk about the system, I'm like, why weren't your shows like this? <laughs> like, this is how yeah. your shows should have been. Like, what the hell are you guys doing? It's COVID, know. man. Yeah, it's COVID. <laughs> All right. I don't know if we're going to go into the last topic. Um, but I want to get one. One thing I do want to get in is our pitches, right? So for all those who are new to the show, uh, what we started doing recently is we've actually started doing what we call pitches, where uh, last week where we bring up a new product, a title, whatever, and we have to pitch. <clears throat> so for this week, and Two Bears is going to be starting us off. Let me oh, read snap. off, read up <laughs> what we have here. <laughs> So to this week's pitch is take a forgotten series on either the Xbox, PlayStation, or Nintendo system and reimagine it in a different genre. A different genre. How will you make it for next gen? Give a brief description on of the pitch, uh, what genre it would be, your target audience, if you have any specific studios that you want to handle it. And uh, Mr. Two Beards, because you went on forever, now we have a clock. <laughs> We have a clock. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm going to count you down, and we're going to get started. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and go. All right. So my game is Eternal Champions, but we're going to take Eternal Champions, and we're going to make it ultraviolet. No, 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 no. I kid. I kid. I kid. <laughs> All right. So... Uh... <laughs> The crazy thing is I actually missed the part where it said make it a different genre. I so uh, I'm going to take what I had and I'm just going to say screw what I had and I'm just going to like come off the top of the dome on this. All right. So uh, it'll still be Eternal Champions. Um, the developers um, the developers will now, instead of Never Realm, the uh, developers will now be uh, Platinum Games. And basically it will be the... Uh, it will be the story of Larson, and it will start off. Uh, it will the game will play like uh, your typical um, third person over the camera view, but uh, the <clears throat> the mechanics of the game will all deal with um, the same type of uh, fighting mechanics that you have in um, in like these uh, in like the two D side scrollers. You'll have that, so you'll have a, a large uh, range of moves that he can perform. And we'll basically take this as a story mode that leads him all the way up, like the same sort of like story mode that you had in Eternal Champions, but it'll just be in 3D. So yes, so I had to come off the top of the dome because I fucked up on that because I didn't read genre. But um, <laughs> to get my to get my other one out real quick, it would have been Eternal Champions reboot. Devs would have been Never Realm. 
My target audience would have been mature, because of course it would. Uh, starting roster would have been 16 characters. Uh, this will include, um, the game would also include uh, costume alterations, just like they do in MK11 and how they do in uh, Injustice. Uh, there's no microtransactions, but the DLC character packs will cost. And the same way that internal champions uh, have fatalities, stage fatalities, and stage background interactions, this will be a this will be a cakewalk for a Never Realm to redo and their and just bring it into modern age like they uh, they've perfected and did with Mortal Kombat. So, bam, under five minutes. <laughs> Good job, sir. You actually did it in a total of under in three. You did it in two minutes. That's some bam. quick talking. Good job, sir. Mm-hmm. Good job. <laughs> all right, all right. So, uh, real quickly, we'll go to the next one, which is uh, Roku. Uh, Roku, are you set before I put the time on the clock? I am set. And Roku's game is Contra and Go. So, in an attempt to breathe new life into an all-but-dead IP, I wanted to reimagine the classic Konami IP Contra with a more modern spin. Um, those of an older generation will remember the side-scrolling shooter that was Contra with its HR Geiger-esque monster designs, crazy weapons, and its literal run-and-gun shoot-em-up gameplay. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the uh, famous Konami code that became popular in America because of, the, uh, because of that particular game. Um, in order to maintain some of the feel, but still switch the genre, I believe it would be best to keep it as an action-adventure type um, with a playable third-person over-the-shoulder shooter playstyle. In addition to this, with online multiplayer co-op, uh, spanning two to four players, so increase you know, overall feel and um, accessibility for the experience. Uh, with the random nature in which new weapons were acquired in the original IP, uh, this will allow us to touch on looter shooter elements, which can increase player investment as they chose um, as they chase those weapons that a friend may have received and they missed out on by replaying missions or exploring the world. Um, also, using concepts influenced by um, digital extremes is what they did with their IP Warframe or Bungie with Destiny, as well as just MMOs in general. I believe it's possible to make this particular take on Contra an expanding world with new story elements and environments able to be added to the world uh, to keep our player base invested for a longer term still. Um, the previous mentioned approaches also leave avenues open for additional player customizations via cosmetics, earnable as well as mm, transaction-based. <laughs> uh, the target demographic for this would be um, would be aiming for towards teen and uh, teen to adult demographics, so a mature audience. Uh, so the story presentation would be essential for the adults, whereas the gameplay um, partition would be essential for keeping the younger audience. As far as production studios, I'm looking, I think the perfect studio for this task would be Bioware. Um, though their last venture anthem didn't uh, go quite as well as they would have hoped, there were definite elements that did work. And if applied to this IP would greatly benefit the presentation and gameplay. Some of those uh, elements are, aren't new, but knowing they grasp them helps. And despite everything mentioned previously, the story is the thing that will keep players coming back between expansion drops, but that content also needs to be meaty enough to make players want to reinvest until our story reaches its conclusion. Um, so their extended track record with story, um, Anthem and Mass Effect Andromeda excluded, also helps to trust that they can tell a cohesive story from start to finish. Are there any questions? Wow, good job, Sam. I like nice. it. Dude, you Man, put us, you put us all to shame. Look how professional that I, 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 I want to play both of those. <laughs> Throw this man on YouTube. Good job, sir. Good job. Um, I, I didn't add this one thing, though, but the idea would also be that it's not an RPG. So it is very much capable of people being able to just pick it up and play it without having to feel like, you know, without having to worry about FOMO, a.k.a. fear of missing out. 
Um, so you can just jump right in, play it, go replay some missions, try to get a new weapon here or there, and just turn it right back off. And you can just jump right back in and back out between expansions between whenever you feel like it. And nice. real yeah, quickly in dope. chat, real quickly, Mega says, nice to you, Beerus. He likes it. Um, and you. then also to you, Roku, he says, yeah, nice. Me too. He enjoyed Thanks. it. Thank you very much. And um, Mr. GNS, you had uh, Kana Lynch. All right. <clears throat> um, are you ready, sir? Ready. All right. And go. All right. Uh, this genre uh, type game would be a third person uh, action thriller with light puzzle and uh, hacking elements. Uh, the target audience would be straight mature fans of Max Payne, GTA 5, and film and fans of uh, dark, gritty crime thrillers like To Live and Die in L.A., True Romance, and Sicario. Uh, the studio would be Rockstar North. The story, the little backstory is uh, Lake Tahoe, 1987. Adam Kane Marcus is enjoying retirement with his wife and his daughter after 25 years of special ops uh, wet work. Across the country is uh, James Seth Lynch, who is drowning in his demons in Hell's Kitchen, who is drowning his demons with liquor in Hell's Kitchen, New York, uh, stemming from all the mafia hits that he's performed. He's losing it mentally. And a string of disturbing events, Ken and Lynch are pulled into what can only be called a suicide mission from those on the outside looking in and a journey of revenge and retribution for the tortured souls that have to carry out this mission. Uh, the gameplay would uh, fit would feature tight third-person gunplay and cover mechanics in the vein of Max Payne 3. To break up the heavy action, light puzzle, light puzzle, and hacking elements would be involved to get some in-game dialogue and backstory between the two anti-hero. <clears throat> excuse me, the two anti-heroes. Uh, the aim would be to have the two writers from Max Payne 3 as well. Character swapping would be in use uh, during big set piece moments. Um, just as it was in GTA 5, mostly because it only focuses on the two characters and it wouldn't be as jarring between, uh, like it was in GTA 5 between the three characters. That's it. Wow. Nice. nice. Yeah, good nice, stuff. man. Good job. Yeah. Man, I, I, I don't even want to go. You guys, y'all got to Jeez, man. I just, jeez, I didn't, man, oh, man. Okay. All right. Um, whew, good job, man. Dang. A lot a lot of stuff to follow. Okay. <laughs> I'm sweating, actually, man. Yeah. Some good stuff before yeah, you, I went. You guys knocked it out. You guys knocked it out of the park. All right. So uh, let me real quickly start mines. All right. Let's go. So the game that we have right now is Twisted Metal. This is a game that most people may not remember. It was on the PlayStation uh, it was a vehicular um, de demolition derby destruction game where basically you went around, think Mario Kart, but instead of racing, you went around and you shot and blew up other people. Um, this was the game that basically defined a lot of my multiplayer back when I was a kid. And when I first came to look at this, I looked at things like um, Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy 7 Final Fantasy Tactics where you could take a game, you could keep it somewhat in the same genre but change the part of the genre and you could still maybe come out with a better product. So with with uh, Twisted Metal I wanted to change I wanted to keep 
the vehicular portion of it, but I did not want it to be the central main goal of the game. I wanted that portion of it to be built in as an additional add-on. The main portion of the game would be a single-player uh, third-person view. Um, I guess you could say hero action adventure game where basically the whole point will follow Sweet Tooth. You will be in the asylum. And the whole point of it would be is you trying to escape out of the asylum while trying to figure out how you got there, why you are the way you are, and understand the story that unfolds. So basically how um, Sweet Tooth became who he became. Once you got past the campaign portion of it, there was a multiplayer portion of the game, uh, which would play similar to da -da -da, Bleeding Edge, where you would have instead of vehicular... Um, um, the Hickler Mayhem, you actually have the characters and they will be in the hero shooter genre. So you will have characters with different abilities, similar to the abilities that they had when they were riding their different cars. But uh, it will be a shooter game and people will serve up to about four players. And you would, sorry, not four players, four players on each side, eight players total. And uh, basically, like Twisted Metal, you're in an arena where it will be survival of the fittest, where you will have different uh, versions of the games where you can have Team Deathmatch, you can have Capture the Flag, you can even have um, a survival BR mode um, that's not a BR mode, but like that where you have uh, up to 50 players and they're all on a giant stage and they're just gunning it out. The people that I went looking at in terms of developing this type of game was Ninja Theory. And the reason why I said Ninja Theory was because one, uh, they do third-person action games very good with Heavenly Sword. And two, with their team that they show for the multiplayer component of it, um, with the Bleed and Edge game, they would be able to hand out and do uh, the Bleed and Edge portion. The game itself would be definitely uh, rated M for Mature. It would be going for definitely the uh, Mature uh, basis because like Mortal Kombat and other games, it would be very high on blood and chaos. So um, it would not definitely not be T for teens. It would definitely be uh, M for Mature. And uh, I think that's pretty much it for it. So it will be basically a third-person, over-the-shoulder action game with a uh, multiplayer component in it. Good and shit. That's it. Nice. Yeah. Heck yeah. That was, um... <laughs> we need to get paid now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I somebody would definitely steals, say that. Somebody, somebody steals our uh, ideas. You know, we we know where it came from, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's recorded. And nigga says, "Nice." He said, "Damn, pass the Dutch, nice GNS." He wanted to give it to you. I don't know why. I think oh, my thanks, streams man. Are, my streams are a little bit uh, behind for some reason. I don't know why the low latency isn't there. All right, folks, uh, we're about to wrap it up. Um, do you? I'll leave it up to you guys. Do you guys want to do? Um, do you want to talk the uh, political news story, or do you want to do the uh, two what the fucks? If we do the political, it'll be one what the fuck, or we could do the two what the fucks and skip over political. I'll give it all to you guys. Which one? Let's let's do the the two what the fucks. Yeah, you sure. We could we could do one political and one. Uh... Oh, snap! You getting you getting political on this tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Been reading right. a lot, man. <laughs> All right, so so we're going to do the political one, and uh, there's nothing really to show for this one. And thank you, Mega, for all the great pitches. Thank you very much, sir, for the comments. It really Thanks, means Mega. a lot to us. Uh, so so we're <laughs> so when it comes to story, so recently it just came out that the um, the um, 
orange baby in chief in the office uh, had a recording uh, with a newscaster in which he stated several times back in March that he understood the COVID uh, virus. He understood how deadly it was. He understood how it was different than the flu. And to not cause panic, he basically played it down. A lot of people were upset with this because, as we know, we're the highest. We're leading in terms of confirmed cases. Excuse me. And we're leading in actual deaths out of everybody. <laughs> um, this is not anything new that we've touched. So um, without going into much of anything else um, with this guy, the real question I have for you is this. As the President of the United States, yes, you want to you want to make sure you hold down panic. But in this case, uh, was it wrong to, quote unquote, play down the uh, dangers of this uh, pandemic? And since GNS was so happy to start this topic, I'm going to start off with you, sir. I think that it was completely uh, idiotic and pretty much insane to downplay something so deadly and dangerous and that has caused so much harm to this whole country and actually to the whole world. But it could have been, it could have been handled way better. It, it probably would have had a little bit more uh, effectiveness to it um, if certain things were set up in place to come to combat this uh, disease or this virus to begin with. But for whatever reason, um, trying to appease his fan base, trying to, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what he was trying to do. It's just complete, complete dumbness in his part to do that. Um, it would have saved this country a whole lot. And especially if he has so many diehard followers, just think, just think if he were to just spun it around and say, Hey guys, you know, if you love me, you love me being in the office, wear your mask, uh, sh social distance, uh, uh, just to work in home or to, uh, from home to the store and back home and, uh, use your hand sanitizer, wash your hands. Just imagine if he would have done that from the beginning, <laughs> how many lives it would have saved. Um, I, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's shocking, but it's not shocking at the same time. And God only knows what else uh, was recorded. Cause I think I heard something about, uh, what was it? 10, 10 hours worth of audio uh, across 19 tapes or something like that, um, that of uh, conversations with uh, Trump. And I forgot the guy's name that quick, but it's, it's, it's scary, man. And hopefully, hopefully we don't get another repeat of this guy. A lot of people are tossing around the theory that he might uh, resign, which I don't see happening, but rumors going around that he might resign. And then uh, Mike Pence will pardon him. So he doesn't have to deal with any of the ramifications from of a, uh, a whole smorgasbord of things that he's done wrong and laws that he's broken since he's been in office. Uh, I don't know how true that is. I know it's a heavy rumor going around, but long story short, man, it, it, all, it all could have been avoided um, in a weird uh, Twilight Zone episode. Uh, episode he probably would have done the right thing but unfortunately we're here on earth what 425 or whatever <laughs> whatever the hell so we're, we're screwed 
<laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah, that's how I feel about it. I want to go real quick before uh, you two. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to, to. I just gotta get this out and done. So I, I know a while back I, I I brought up the idea of whether or not after all is said and done, could the American people bring up a case against our government for COVID for not taking their proper precautions? And I think this alone would definitely help that case. But as the president of the United States, I understand the reason of panic. Playing down an issue, while I don't agree with it, I understand it. But the way he played it down, the execution of it was wrong, right? You could, you could come out in March and you could say, um, you could say that it's not going to be bad. It's going to be good. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we don't want to be the next Italy. We don't want to be at that time because Italy was high. We don't want to be the next China. So what we're going to do is, it's not that big right now. Let's, let's just do the minimum so that once it goes away and we get a vaccine, we're good. So what I'm going to have you guys do is, you know, is, uh, isolate yourself, make sure you stay far apart and make sure you mandatory wear a mask because it's spread through, um, breathing and right now we i don't want anybody to get it and that's all you have to say and it wouldn't cause panic it wouldn't cause anything right um yep but instead him and his base one you have fox news for the longest time calling it a hoax uh you have all these things happening and people don't under and people you know they're sheep to it and they follow it and now you have more and more deaths because this is not needed because no one, no, you, you, like even now we still have people who who still believe that this this is all hoax. Like, let, let me play something real quick for y'all. Let me play something real quick. Why are you guys not wearing masks? I have one with me. It's it's my prerogative. No. But, but why not wear one to stay safe? Uh, I have a hard time understanding people when they talk, so that's why I don't wear it. But you can hear me right now. I can hear you. Because there's no COVID. It's a it's a fake pandemic <laughs> created to destroy the United States of America. But the president said to Bob Woodward that there is a virus, the coronavirus, and that it is deadly. That's his opinion. The truth is, is that the, the CDC said that only less than 10,000 people died from COVID. The other 190,000 have 2, 2.6 or 2.8 other mortalities. Does it worry you guys at all to be in this crowded space with all these I'm not afraid. High IQ individuals. The right good here. Lord takes oh, care yeah. of me. If I die, Every I die. Day. We got to get this country moving. Get high in the negatives. We can do <laughs> wear masks and stay inside for another year. Huh? Where will that get us? Where would wearing <laughs> masks and staying inside for another year get us? Well, you know what? It would get you to 2021. And, and this, and this is, and this if is where I, I die, come. I die. Yeah. And this is what I'm talking about. Like, if it was hit in the beginning, we wouldn't have this, right? You still have the idiots. You still have the idiots, right? You can't, you can't stop that. But at least from the Fox News, from everything else, they would, they would be smart enough to do what they need to do because you're already telling them that's what they need to do. They could blame yep. whatever else they want. And because you didn't do this. You get this, where even now you talk about it, you're on tape talking about it, and the guy was like, oh, that's his opinion. The CDC says, and, I, and what the guy said from the CDC isn't even true. It's something that he got from freaking Fox News. 
<laughs> so crazy, right? Yeah, so definitely you could have played it down, but you could have took a harsher stance on preparation and getting everything in place. Um, and I think that would have definitely... Would we, would we be as big as where we are now? There's no way of telling. But I believe in my mind that if if you got it into people's heads to do the right thing early on back in February, that we wouldn't have as much as many of these issues. In fact, we would be in Wave 2. We would be preparing for Wave 2 instead of still fighting off Wave 1. Crazy. Um, yep. I'll let, I'll let uh, Roku go next. Go ahead, Roku, your thoughts. I agree with you to an extent where you have like you have to a certain degree play it down. Um, you don't ignore it. You know the whole what what's what's uh, what's COVID this doesn't work in this situation. <laughs> um, you do definitely have to acknowledge it. Um, but I very much agree with your stance where you have to lead by example as well. You know, provide a cohesive series of thoughts. Cohesive, you know, cohesive series of statements um, concerning how the citizens should be approaching this. Much like you said, look, social distancing, wear your masks. Um, let's knuckle down and doing it the right way. Look, we will do, we will take care of the housing situation. We will take care of supplementing people's incomes. We'll do everything. Do it all. We will follow the example of some of these other nations just to make sure that no one has to worry about anything while they're doing what we have to do as a nation to make sure we stay strong. That's literally, he could have said it like that and it would have been done. Everybody would have been like, okay, well, not everybody, because right now we're, we're still seeing a prime example of natural selection at its best. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, but I, I very much do say that there's a lot of there's a lot of things the government could have done differently in this regard. Playing it down was needed, but they didn't take and handle all of the other facets correctly to take and actually make it make it viable to play it down. All right. And uh, Megan Chess says hands were tied trying to kill Obamacare. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> was trying to do that, which made no sense. So Mr. Two Beer. Outside of blaming uh, Bob Woodward with his statement of, well, <laughs> if, so if Bob <laughs> thought it was incriminating, he should have shared it earlier, but he didn't say anything or go to the um, to law enforcement or anybody with it, so it must have not been that bad. How do you feel about playing they it can't now? Take responsibility for anything. Um, I I, uh, I agree with both of you. I um, I'm one of those people who feel that you should be uh, transparent. There are some things that um. For the good of sir, wait, wait, sir, sir. I don't mean to interrupt you, but according to Kaylee, the White House press secretary, Trump is the most transparent president of the United States ever. Continue. She gets a lot of money, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I feel that you do need to be transparent, and at the same time, I also feel that like um, there are certain things that um, that you may want to play down, but it's always better to let people know what they're facing, let them know what your plan is. Um, and then deal with it as things uh, go along. So it's like, I always feel that's the best way to go. Um, and as you both have pointed out, that even with people getting the truth, even if the president had came out and got and given them the truth, they still would have been listening to some weird uh, 
right wing source uh, or some QAnon source and they would have been out there with no mask on. They would have been out there for it with uh, still um, gathering together and these big get togethers, uh, people thinking it's a hoax, even though the world that would have to be one big, pretty, uh, pretty big hoax that have the whole world uh, all together um, in this uh, at one point in time. So like as a, um, uh, a wise man once said, like you're not going to be able to psychologize all those people out, uh, out there on the corner. Some of them are going to sleep. For <laughs> 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 <Poor> good. <laughs> but, uh... oh, so, so, so let me interrupt y'all for a minute. So what Two Beards is, is, is talking <laughs> about is our buddy boy. Um, what's, what's his name, sir? Dr. Umar. Dr. Umar. <laughs> oh, God. So he's talking about her buddy, Miss Dr. Umar. And uh, the quote is, some of them are going to sleep for good. Let's, let's, let's see if we can, we can find that real quickly. And uh, let's see if we can, we can play that. Here we go, folks. Let's listen to Dr. Umar. But I'm telling you as a psychologist, I'm not going to be able to psychologize all of them on the corner. Some of them going to sleep for God. Psychologize <laughs> all of them on the corner. Oh God, some of them going to sleep for God. There you go. Some of them going to sleep for good. <laughs> go ahead, two girls can put your <laughs> You heard it. <laughs> heard it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, what can I say to you guys? Like, like you, you, you picked the wrong, you, you picked the wrong guy. Your, your dude's a fraud. He's a, uh, your president's a fraud. He's whack. He's got no skills. His business skills is whack. His leading, his leadership skills are whack. He can't take responsibility for anything. He doesn't even know how to like uh, pull together around the resources that he has to, to fix the problems that we're having right now. Throw him in rice. He's done. Like we don't need him. Like uh, bring the next guy out. <laughs> so like uh, <laughs> that doesn't make him a fraud. We already knew he was that. His true bankruptcy, you know, pretty much showed that one. <laughs> also, I'm going to say to you guys that if somebody emboldening you and making you feel, if your whole line in the sand is that he makes you not feel bad about being a bigot. There are other bigots out there that you could have elected as president that would have actually kept the country together. They they still would have been a bigot, <laughs> but they actually would have known what they were doing. At least at least pick a bigot who's actually has skills and knows what he's doing. Like you know, like <laughs> you know, like like if you're gonna pick wow. your racist, make sure your racist has a. Uh, he has political skills. He knows how to keep things together with the allies. He knows how to to, to budget. Knows how to keep the economy and the jobs going. You know, there there's other guys out there. That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Throw, <laughs> throw him in rice. <laughs> oh goodness gracious. Oh, all right. <laughs> Anything anybody else want to add to this before we move on to oh, our um, no. what the fuck of the week? All right, folks. So Florida got the week off. So Florida's back again. Um, I'm not going to tell you what the story is. I'm just going to let y'all listen. Let's go. Facing charges after deputies say she tried to hire an undercover officer to help her shoot and kill the woman who had an affair with her husband. The sheriff's office says the woman who was targeted is a corrections officer. Channel 9's Melanie Holt now live at the jail. Mel, the suspect's husband is a former corrections officer. 
He used to work here at the same jail where the suspect saw a judge this afternoon. That's one of the reasons Ashley Spencer is being housed at the Seminole County Jail. But she was transported here to Brevard this afternoon so a judge could set bond at $350,000. The Brevard County Sheriff's Office says 33-year-old Ashley Spencer plotted to kill the woman who had an affair and a baby with her husband. If you are able to bond out, there will be no contact with the victim in this case. Investigators say the intended victim is a Brevard County Corrections Officer. Spencer's husband was also a Corrections Officer until his resignation from the Sheriff's Office last month. Many times people will make a, a statement because they're angry or they're jealous or whatever, but very seldom do they ask somebody if they know of a person that can help them commit a crime. The sheriff's office says after asking an acquaintance, you know of any felons that don't give a damn about life and willing to do a job, Spencer met with an undercover officer and investigators say Spencer agreed to pay him $2,000 to break into the home of the female corrections officer and tie up anyone inside so she could shoot the other woman in her husband's life with a 38 caliber revolver. She had actually told the uh, undercover that once she had committed the murder, she would give the, uh, the undercover the gun so she would not have it. Investigators say she also planned an alibi. Her car and cellular phone would be approximately two hours away, showing that she was not near the victim's residence. We were able to you know, get in early and, uh, and start the investigation very quickly and, and uh, bring it to a conclusion very quickly, and everyone uh, was safe and no one was injured. And the possibility is that it, it very well could have happened and uh, someone possibly could have lost their life. The sheriff's office told me that the suspect in this case did not find out about the affair until the victim filed for child support. They also said that Spencer told that undercover officer that she and her husband were trying to have a baby. Live here at the Brevard County Jail, Melanie Holt, Channel 9 Eyewitness News. Sheesh. There you have it, folks. Oh, my God. So, yep, 33-year-old woman paid was one to have a baby with her husband. Both for correctional office officers. Letter comes in seeking child support from a woman he knocked up. So she decides to then therefore pay a person two thousand dollars to have her man killed as a birthday gift to herself. <laughs> this is evil, man. This is straight evil. Yep, so uh, I'll start off with you, uh, Roku. You're the guest. Go ahead. What's your thoughts on her? What the fuck of the week? I mean, she wanted a baby. There's a baby. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, but um, no, nah, it's seems like this was probably something that, you know, I, I'm assuming Dr. Dre is watching for that whole $2 million a month thing that his ex It's like so. <laughs> but, um, nah, it's, it's, it's grimy. It's, it's extremely grimy. And it's... <sighs> pro like speechless on this shit. <laughs> It's got to yeah, get it together, bro. man. Like, come on. This is people got to get it together. Like, like it's not worth it. Like, it's it's not worth it. Yeah. Like, nothing that like nothing that he did, nothing that she did. In this case, well, I guess technically it would, depending on which area you live in. But um, <laughs> it, it, at this point in time, it doesn't warrant that. It's mm -hmm. one of those things. Where, 
consequences the con- he's got to now deal with the consequences of his actions like that doesn't necessarily mean it is that she has to take it upon herself to end this other woman it's it's that's not how it needs to happen at this point i mean i get it it's definitely would have been as is as, as mega said it definitely would have been a crime of passion <laughs> but <laughs> It's it, it, like when you go that far, it's like, yeah, you're you're 100% committed to it. And yeah, she planned it. She planned it. Yeah, yeah it's it, it, a alibi. Yeah, that's, first that's what I'm saying. Like, like when it wanted to leave the phone and everything out of the way, like, yeah, that was, I mean, it's, it's, she really wanted this. It is no longer manslaughter. It's definitely first degree. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was 100% planned. Oh, you know, man. It's, it's, it's disturbing. It's very disturbing. Two beers. Your thoughts on a woman scorned? <laughs> um, first of all, people don't do this to your friends. Don't um, don't contact other friend of yours and be like, I'm 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 finna to kill somebody. You know somebody? Don't don't do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> don't uh, don't put don't put somebody's uh life in somebody else's hands. I'm telling you right now, if if anybody that I know does that to me, I'm turning your ass in. Don't do that shit. Like, uh, and then I'm going to hate you for making me uh, put you in jail because you're probably somebody I cared about. So, so don't do that. And getting off of that, <laughs> um, people that are in this situation, why kill the person when you can kill their pockets? So like, uh, <laughs> as brought up with a, a good, a good uh, friend of the show, Roku just said, is he, uh, is he brought up basically, um, uh, was it Roku who just brought up the whole Dr. Dre thing? Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 So it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, she's completely trying to slaughter Dre's pockets right now. Like, uh, like even uh, even Paul McCartney's wife looked at her and be like, damn, you cold? Like, that's $2 million a month. But um, yeah, like, yeah. Why kill when you can you can kill their pockets? You're both still alive. You both get your revenge because you're 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 uh, you're basically taking that person's money. And you can go on and live your best life free of that person. Like, uh, yeah. like now the only thing that's going to happen now is you you lose your freedom. Um, <laughs> you're going to be in jail for God knows how many years. And while you're in there um, eating uh, all the good jail food and like uh, <laughs> getting your uh, <laughs> getting your uh, your your two hours a day shoe program. <laughs> outside like uh now he's probably gonna move on and and um uh, and make and make an honest woman out of the the, the woman that he had an affair with yeah just all just, I, just take all, the money all i could think about is the end of when keeping it real goes wrong pretty much she in prison get her teeth knocked out he's like yeah with the toothpick with her best friend watching TV that's all I can think about man when you said that was the real goes wrong oh go ahead GNX no go ahead finish your thought oh no no that was it I was like I'll never understand that sort of thing yeah I just don't get the people forget the one simple thing that they can do along with killing the pockets just leave. Yeah, <laughs> you can literally just leave. Just get up and go. Get up and go. Now she is screwed for however long, however many years she gets. She is screwed for no reason. 
And it happened in Florida. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yo, how are you going to hit somebody up on Snapchat talking about I'm finna commit a murder? See, man, why would you let me say that, man? I was just about to say my comment about oh, that. Oh, my bad, my bad. My comment I was going to say, I was going to literally say, why would you go, if you're a correctional office, meaning you're around nothing but felons, why would you go to Snapchat? Why don't you go to felons and be like, yo, you know anybody? <laughs> you can try to rat on me, but nobody gonna believe you. <laughs> I'm just gonna. <laughs> but you know anybody who could do this job? Maybe I'll I'll get a couple of years knocked off your sentence if you could tell me. If you could, like I don't get why you would go to Snapchat, man. She was definitely pissed. And like I mean, you guys said the best. Just go for the pockets, man. But you know, like they said, a woman scorned. She blacked out. She was like, "Oh, I hate this motherfucker. He playing on my phone." And then you know that was it. Brenda, Brenda keeps it real. <laughs> Brenda keeps it real. That's all I'm going to say. And what did she get for it? Now for the next twelve to twenty-five years, she'll be making fucking ramen noodle Dorito casserole out of the microwave. <laughs> 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 Come get some of this honey bun pizza. <laughs> Uh, that's your fucking life now. <laughs> uh, it's all I can see it all smushed. The honey bun, the honey bun crust. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, how much? Not to change the subject too much, but how much do you think Dr. J generates a month that she can ask for two million a month? Well. Um, Oh, that's a good question. Let me look it up. <laughs> I don't know how much he gets a month, but um, I know currently he's worth uh eight hundred and eighty-eight million, I think. But she's she's claiming that with all his extra assets and everything, he has a net worth of one billion. Um, oh. so like um, even if she were to like um, even if she were to get the 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 two million dollars with five million dollars up front for legal fees and a temporary two million dollars in spousal support for like something crazy like two years like that'll that uh even then like um they'll come out to about 48 million which would be like a drop in the bucket to somebody with that much money but it's still a ridiculous amount of money and especially if you look at um her sheet of why she's asking the, the way that she broke it down like i think yeah. what was it was like she was asking um like was it 20 or 30k for uh the cell phone bill yeah yeah <laughs> yeah cell phone and email i like who like you got your whole fucking family tree on your phone line. <laughs> like who's paying thirty k for a? No, 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 no. Don't don't forget about the the hundred and fifty k for uh, charities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that she can look like a so that she could look a good person on his dime. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The only fucking accurate one on there. The most accurate one on there was the uh, the nine hundred k for entertainment. Like that was that. I was like nine hundred k a fucking month what? for entertainment. I looked at that and I got sick in the stomach. Like, dog, how am I living? <laughs> like, we're not living right now. <laughs> like, nine hundred racks, man, yeah. to entertain yeah. yourself. Nine hundred k a month on entertainment? Are you Look. that fucking bored? <laughs> <laughs> Look, 
if she look this right here is a story to take and let you know to let somebody like her know it's like look somebody would make you disappear for a fucking <laughs> for some fries in the middle my man's over here took you out for a quarter pounder <laughs> like, Travis Scott bro <laughs> man. All I had to do was hit him up on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Drake could always hit up Tory Lanez, you know, give him some water. <laughs> oh, yeah, he'll do it. He I'm sorry, I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's, this, what's the worst that can happen? It'll deport him back to Canada? <laughs> we don't want him he's trash <laughs> you keep him there throw him in rice it's like pussy on chain wax man you try to make it a damn thing alright Roku why don't you tell the people where they can find you man <laughs> get all oh, your information God. so you can find me at uh, ju um junice.rstation.com or as you can see on the screen on the Instagram at um at j period u period nice underscore designs. And that's uh where I tend to keep most of my work um as of this moment. Still constantly updating, constantly dropping, you know, some new stuff, some archive stuff, you know, things that most people have never seen from me. So hey. Awesome. GNS uh, you can find me on Twitter at GNS. Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv, SoundCloud, and Instagram at Ghetto Nerd Society. And yeah, that's about it. Two beers. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Scorpio Report. Um, you can also type in uh, Bitsake. Um, you can also t- find me, you can also type in Bitsake, that's B I T S A K E on Twitter and that will lead you to my account as well. And my Instagram is Bitsaki B-I-T-S-A-K-E. Awesome. And I am Khan. You can find me on Twitter under Mobies M-O-E-B-E-S. Um, and then for those listening to the show, remember we record every Friday evening, 10 p.m. Eastern, here on twitch.tv slash ARNGM. Stay up to date to when we go live in videos that we normally don't stream but may post on our YouTube. Our YouTube is under ARNGM as well as our uh, Twitter account, which is ARN Games. I want to say thank you, Roku, man. Thank you for coming by, man. Fun show, man. Look, thank you for having me, man. Just like it's always fun whenever I'm, I'm here. So thank you for just, you know, having me on. Yeah, man. We'll definitely get you back. And GNS, welcome back, sir. Thank you, good sir. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. I hope you know yeah. you got you got monologue dudes for like the next 10 shows. Yeah. Two beers, sir. Thank you very much, too. Also, as always, for showing up, sir. Oh, no problem. No problem. And also, I want to to give a shout out to uh, chat, all those lurking. And thank you, Mega. Thank you for the support early, for supporting our show uh, with the uh, subscription. And thank you for always trying to be here every week, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, a lot man trust me it goes a long way and also to all those listening on the podcast which will be out uh, this Tuesday thank you very much uh, for listening and all those remember come every Friday night when you can every Friday night 10pm Eastern here on twitch.tv slash ARNGM be part of the show are you in the know I want to say thank you to the guests chat and all we will be back again next week until then those 
I want to let you know, shoot the shit, don't be it, and fuck you, Jason Whitlock. Uh, fuck you, Terrence Williams. <laughs> fuck you, Terry Crews. <laughs> Ruku, you got one to ask, sir? Man. I do. But she's not worth the, She's not worth it. EO, sir? Yes, it is. This <laughs> one. <laughs> Oh, man. Peace out, it's everybody. Like, look, the Republicans don't even respect her. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about Mrs. I Got Replaced? Uh-huh. Silk and Diamond Mrs. Part uh, 2. This is the arguing with Cardi B because she ain't got nothing else better to do. Mighty F. Fuller. Peace out, everybody. Peace. Peace. Peace.